A score by Bram Stoker. Nuremberg at the time had not much exploited, had been since then. Irving had been not playing France, a very name of the old town at Holly, known to the great bulk of the travelling public. My wife and I, being in the second week of our honeymoon, naturally wanted someone else to join our party, so that when the cheery stranger alias D. P. Hutchison heading from the Eastman City, Bleeding Gulch, Maple Tree County, Neb, turned up at a station at Frankfurt, and casually remarked that he was going to see the most old, fired upon Miss Lucilla in a town in Uparup, that he guessed so much travelling alone was enough to send an intelligent, active citizen into the melancholy ward of a dark house. We took the pretty bold hint, and suggested he, he, we should join forces. We found in the comparing notes afterwards that we each intended to speak with some difference or hesitation as not to appear too eager. Not such not being a good compliment to the success of our married life, but the effect was entirely marred by our both beginning to speak at the same instant, stopping simultaneously, and then going to together on together again anyhow no matter how it was done and alias p hutchison came became one of our party straight away amelia and i found a pleasant benefit instead of quarrelling we had been doing we found the restraining influence of a third party was such that we now took every opportunity of spooning in the corners and amelia declares that ever since she was a result of that experience, advised all her friends to take her hand on the honeymoon. Well, we did Nuremberg together, and much enjoyed the racy remarks of a transatlantic friend, who, from his quaint speech and wonderful stock adventures, might have stepped out of a novel. We kept for the last object of interest in the city to be visited at the Burg, and on the day appointed for the visit, strolled around the outer wall of the city by the eastern side. A burg is sited on the rock dominating the town, immensely deep for say guards. It's a natural nation na- northern side. Nuremberg had been happy in what it was never sacked. It had been had it been was certainly been not so spike and span perfect as it present that it should not have been used for centuries, and now its base spread with tea-rooms, gardens and orchards, of which some of these trees are quite remarkable growth. As we wandered round the wall, rolling in the hot July sunshine, we soon paused to admire the view spread among before us. In the special, a great plain covered with towns and villages, and bounded with a blue hill, line of hills, like a landscape of Claude and Lorraine. From this we always turn from a new delight to the city itself, where we read quaint old gables and ache-wired red roofs dotted with dormer windows, tier upon tier. Little to our right rose the towers of the burg, and nearer still, the monument standing grim, the torture tower, 
which was and is perhaps the most interesting place. The city, the century tradition of the Iron Virgin of Nuremberg has been handed down for an instance of horrors of cruelty in which man is capable. We had long forward to seeing it, and here at last it was its, was its home. In one of our pauses, we leaned over the wall and moped and looked down. The garden seemed quite fifty to sixty feet below us, and the sun pouring into it was intense, moveless heat, like that of an oven. Behold yon rose and grey grim wall, seemingly to endless height, and losing itself right and left in the angles of Boston and cradle to scrape. Trees and bushes crowned the wall. And above again towered the lofty houses of those in massive beauty. Time was only set the hand of approval. The sun was hot. We were lazy. Time was our own. We lingered, le- leaning on the wall. Just below us, the pretty sight of black, great black cat, lying stretched in the sun, whilst round her gobbled prettily in a thin, a tiny black kitten. Her mother would wave her tail of a kitten to play with or would rather raise her feet and push away the little one as encouragement to further play. They were just at the foot of the wall, and Elias, the peahatchet, in order to help the play, stooped and took them, took for the walk a moderated step-sized pedal, pedal, pebble. See, he said, I will drop it near the kitten, and they both wonder where it came from. Be careful, said my wife, you might hit the dear little thing. Not me, madam, said Elias P. Why, I'm as tender as a marine tree tree, no. Bless ye, I couldn't hurt that poor little little creature. More and scrape a baby. Oh, you might bet your vigorated socks on that. See, I drop it fur away on the outside, if not to go near me. Her. Thus saying, he leaned over and held his arm out at full length and dropped the stone. It may be there is some attractive force which draws letters of matters to greater, or more probably the wall was not plump, but sloped at its base with not noticing the inclination. Above but a stone fell, with sickly thud and came to, uh, to us through the hot air, right on the kitten's head, and shattered it out his little brains. There and then a black cat and cat cast, a shift upward glance. We saw our eyes like green fire fixed in instant Alias, Alias P. Hutchison, and her attention was given to the kitten, which lay still with a quiver of her tiny limbs, while a thin red stream trickled from a gaping wound. With a muffled cry, such as a human being might give, she bent over the kitten, licking its wound and moaning. Suddenly she seemed to realize that it was dead, and again, through her eyes up at us. I shall never forget the sight, for she looked a perfect incarnation of hate. Her green eyes blazed with ludicrous fire, and the white, sharp teeth seemed to almost shine through the blood which doubled her mouth and whiskers. She gnashed her teeth. Her claws stood out stark, a full length out of every pore. Then she made a wild rush up the wall, as if to reach us, and when the mountain momentum ended, fall back. And further added to her horrible appearance, for she fell, the kitten arose with her, her black hair, fur smeared with her brains and blood. Emilius turned quite faint, 
I had to lift her back from the wall. There was a seat close by, a shade and a separating plane tree. I placed her while she composed herself. I went back to Anderson, who stood without moving, looking down on, ang- on the angry track below. As I joined him, he said, Well, I guess the air, savage beast. I see never crept once an Apache squaw had an edge on a half-breed. They nicknamed Splinters because of the way he fixed up a papoose, which he stole in a rage just to show that he appreciated the way he had given his mother the fire torture. She got the kinder look to set on her face. That he just seemed to grow there. He followed Splinters where the free year till at least the braves got him and hounded over him to him. They did what not say that no man, white or Indian, ever been so long a dying under the tortures of the Apache. The only time I ever seen a smile was when I wiped her out. I killed them on the city camp. Just in time to see Splinters pass in his cheeks, and we didn't, we weren't sorry to go either. He was a hard citizen, and though I never took, could shake with him after the papoose business, for he was bitter bad, he should not have been a white man, for he looked like one. You see, he got paid in full, darn me, but I took a piece of his hide from me, from him, one to skinny posts, and had made it into a pocket book. It is here now, he slapped in the breast pocket of his coat. Whilst he was speaking, the cat was continuing her frantic efforts. You get up the wall. She then took a run back and then charged up, sometimes reaching incredible height. She did not seem to mind of her before, which she got each time, but started with new vigor. Every tumble appeared to become more horrible. Hutchinson was a kind-hearted man. My wife and I had both noticed his little acts of kindness to animals, as well as to persons. He seemed concerned with the state of fury which the cat had wrought herself. All now, he said, I don't declare that the poor critter seems quite desperate there. There, poor thing, it was an all accident, though. You wouldn't bring back your little ones to you. Say, I wouldn't have had such a thing happen for a thousand just shows you what a clumsy fool of a man could do when he tries to play. Seems I'm too darn supper-handed to even play with a cat, says, say, Colonel. It was a pleasant way he had bestowed titles freely. I hope your wife doesn't hold no grudge against me account of this unpleasantness. Why, I wouldn't have occurred on no account. It came over to Emily, a millionaire. Apologized profusely. She was her usual kindness of heart, hastened to show him. She was quite understood that it was an accident. Then we all went up again to the wall and looked over. A cat missing Hutchinson's face had drawn back across the moat and was sitting on her haunches as though ready to spring indeed. The very instant she saw him, she did spring with a blind and reasonly fury, which would have been grotesque, only it was so frightfully real. She did not only try to run up the pool, but simply launched herself at him, as though hate and fury would lend her wings to pass straight through the great distance between them. Amelia, woman-like but quite concerned, said to Lilia's P.P. in a warning, warning voice, Ah, you must be careful, the animal 
would try to kill you if she were you here. Her eyes look like positive murder. He laughed out jollily. Excuse me, madam, he said. I can't remember laughing. Fancy a man who thought Ridley an alien being careful of being murdered by a cat. When the cat heard him laugh, her whole demeanour seemed to change. She no longer tried to jump or run up the wall, but went quietly over and then sitting back again beside the dead kitten began to lick and fondle it as if it were alive. See, said I, the effect of a strong, really strong man. Even the animal in the midst of her fury recognised the voice of master and bowed to him. Like a squaw, was the only comment of Elias P. Hutchinson. As we moved on our way round the Crove City for sea, every now and then we looked over the wall, and each time saw the cat following us. And at first she kept going back to the dead kitten, and when the distance grew greater, took it in her mouth, so followed. After a while, however, she abandoned us. For we saw her falling alone. She eventually hid in the body somewhere. A million's alarm grew at the persistence, and once, more than once, she repeated her warnings. The American always laughed with amusement. Till funny, seeing she was beginning to be worried, he said, I'm sorry, ma- I say, madam, you needn't be screwed. Over that cat, I got hell healed, I do. Here he slapped his pistol pocket, the back of his lumbar region. Why shouldn't have you worried? I shoot a cracker right here, at risk of the police interfering. We were citizens of the United States by carrying arms, contrary to regulations. He spoke, he looked over the wall, but the cat, on seeing him, retreated with a growl in the bed of tall flowers and was hidden. He went on, blessed if you are critter. Aren't they make more sense and more good for the more, most Christians? I guess we've seen the last of her, you bet. She'll go back now to the busted kitten and have a pleasant private funeral of it all to herself. Amelia did not like to say more, least he felt in mistaken kindness to her, fulfill his threat of shooting the cat. So he went on, and we went on across the little wooden bridge, leading to the gateway. Whence can the state path roadway between the Berg and Pentagonal Torture Tower? As we crossed the bridge, we saw the cat again, down below us. When we saw, she saw us, her fury seemed to return. She made frantic efforts to get up the steep wall. I should laughed as he looked down at her and said, Goodbye, old girl. Sorry I injured my feelings, but I'll get over it in time. So long, and when he passed through the long, dim archway, I came to the gate to the burg. When we came not again after our survey, the most beautiful old place, which even the most well-intentioned efforts of the Gothic restorers of forty years ago been able to spoil through the restoration, was then glaringly white. We seem to have quite forgotten the unpleasant episode of the morning. The old lime tree, with a great trunk of gnarled with the passing of every nine centuries, the deep wet will cut through the heart of the rock, whose captives, captives of old and lonely to view from the city wall, whence we heard spread over almost a full quarter of an hour, the ridiculous chimes of the city had all but to wipe out our minds in the incident of the slain kitten.
We are our only visitors who who had entered torture chamber that morning. So at least the old said the old Consonian. We had the place all to ourselves. We were able to make a minute and more such a survey than would have otherwise been possible. Consonian looking up to us and the sole source of his gains for the day was willing to meet our wishes in any way. A torture tower is truly a grim place, even now when many thousand visitors have sent a stream of life and a joy that follows life into the place. But in the times I mentioned it wore its grimmest and most gruesome aspect. The dust of ages seemed to have settled on it. The darkness and the horror of its memory seemed to have become a sediment in a way that would have satisfied the pantistic souls of Philo or Spinoza, the chamber who, who, where we entered, was seemingly in its normal state, filled with incarnate darkness. Even the hot sunset light streaming in through the door seemed to last the vast thickness of the walls. Only showed the masonry wrath as when the builders of so great scaffolding are come down. But coated the dust with mart here, and here were patches of dark stain which walls could speak, could have given their own dread of memories of fear and pain. We were glad to pass the dusty wooden staircase, the stone leaving the altar building often to light us somewhat to our way, for our very eyes of one long wicked smell, evil smelling candles struck in a scorch of the hall, gave a natural light. When we came up through the open trap in the corner of the chamber overhead, and Amelia held on to me tightly as I could actually feel her heart beat. I might say to my own part, I was not surprised at her fear, for this room was even more gruesome than then that below. Here was certainly more light, but only to sufficient to realise the horrible surroundings of the place. The buildings of the tower had eventually intended the only two, though, though, that, uh, that they, uh, that the only, they who should gain the top should have any of the joys of light and prospect. There, as we noticed from below, were ranges of windows, a bed of medieval smallness, where elsewhere in the tower were only a few narrow slits, such as were inhabitable places meant with evil defences. A few of these were lit, only lit the chamber, and were so high up in the wall that no, from no part could the sky be seen for the thickness of the walls, in racks and leaning disorder against the walls. And there were a number of headsmen's swords, great double-handed weapons of broad blade and keen edge, hard by their several blocks whereupon the next the victims are laid ten with here and with their deep notches over the road still fit enough the scar of flesh and shone in the wood round the chamber placed in all shape sorts of regular shapes ways were many implements of torture which many heart ached to see uh, chairs full of spikes which gave instance and excruciating pain chairs and couches with dull knobs who torture was seemingly less but which which made slower with equally fictitious racks belts boots gloves collars all made for comp- compressing at will steel blankets baskets 
in which the head would be slowly crushed in the pulp if necessary. Watchmen hooks and with long handled knife were cut out of resistance. This is speciality of the old Nuremberg police system, and many, many other devices for man's injury to man. I immediately grew quite pale with the horror of things, but fortunately did not faint. But being a little overcome, she did, did she sat down on a torture chair, but jumped up of, again with a shriek, all to see the fate gone. We both were pretended it was the injury done to a dress by the dust, a chair, and the, rust, and the rusty points which upset her. And Mr. Hutchinson acquainted in accepting that position, explanation with a kind-hearted laugh. <clears throat> but the central object of the whole of this chamber of horrors was the engine known as of old eye invasion. We stood near the centre of the room. It was a rudely shaped figure of a woman, something of a bell order to make a closer comparison of the figure of Miss Nubber in the children's ark, but about the slimness of the waist and perfect rendor of hip that marks it an aesthetic type of the Noah family. One would probably have recognised it intended for a woman figure. At all, had not the founder shaped the forehead a rude semblance of a woman's face. Machine was coated with rust throughout and covered with dust. A rope was fastened to the ring in the front of the figure, which where the waist should be. It was drawn through a pulley fastened on a wooden pillar, which sustained the flooring above. As Kersonian pulling this rope showed that a section of the front was hinged like a door at one side. We then saw the engine was considerable thickness, leaving just room enough inside for a man to be placed. The door was of equal thickness and of great weight, for it took a custodian all his strength abated, for he was to be the conveyance of the pulley to open it. This weight was partly due to the fact that the door was a manifest purpose hung so to throw its weight back downwards, so that it might shut of its own accord when the strain was released. The inside was honeycombed with rust, Nay, more, the rust alone that comes through time would hardly have eaten so deep into the raw iron walls. The rust of cool stains were deep indeed. It was only, however, when we came to look at the inside of the door that the diabolical intention was manifest. The hall, full, here were several long spikes, square, massive, broad, at the base of the sharp at points, placed in such position that, that when the door were closed, the other ones would pierce the eyes of the victim, the lower ones his heart and vitals. I say it was too much for poor Amelia. This time she fainted head first. I had to carry her down the stairs and place her on a bench outside till she recovered. When she felt to, to do quick was afterwards, chilled by the fact that my oldest son bears to this day a rude birthmark on his breast, which by family consent been accepted as representing the Nuremberg Virgin. When we got back into the chamber, we found Hutchison still opposite the Iron Virgin, even eventually philosophizing, and now gave us the benefit of his fault in the shape of a sort of extorium. Well, I guess I've been learning something um, here while Madame had been getting over her fate. Appears to me that we were going a long way behind the times on our side of the big pot drink. We ought to think of our plans and that the engines will give us points to make trying to make a van uncomfortable. But I guess your old medieval law and order party would raise him every time. Linders was pretty good in his pipe and score. This here, young miss, 
held a straight flush all high on to him. A face of these spikes air sharp enough still, though even the edges air eaten up by the ulster be on them. I am be a good it be a good thing for our engine section to get some specimens for this here toy toy to send round to reservations just to knock out the stuffing out of the trucks and squalls too by showing them as uh, old, how old civilizations lays over them as their best. Guess I'll get back get in that box a minute and just to see how it feels. Oh no no, said Amelia. It is too terrible. Yes, madam, nothing too terrible to his blow, to his blowing mind. I've been in some queer places in my time. Spent the night inside a dead horse, where a prairie fire struck me in Montana territory. Another time slept inside a bed buffalo. When the Comanches were on the warpath, I didn't care to leave my kidney on them. I've been two days in a carved-in tunnel, carved-in tunnel in the Bill Poncho home mine in New Mexico. I was one of the four shuttled a few parts of the day, a Cassian, a slid down her side, which we were sitting the foundations of the bridge of Pimpolo Bridge. I am not flunked out an odd experience yet. I am not do not propose to begin now. We saw that he was about set on the experiment. So I said, Well hurry up, old man, and get through it quick. All right, General, said he. I calculate we aren't ready yet. The gentleman, my preceders, we were stood in that there canister. Work didn't volunteer for the office. Not not much. I guess there's some more room until trying up. Before the big stroke was made, I want I want to go through this thing fair and square, so I don't get fixed up proper. I might, I dare say this old gallant can rise and string and tie me up the cordon to sample. Then he said intrigually to the old custodian, but the latter who understood the drift of his speech. Though perhaps not persuasiveating the full niceties of dialect and imaginary, shook his head. His protest was, however, only formal and came made to overcome. The American thrust a gold piece into his hand, saying, "Take it, part. It's your plot, and don't be scared. This ain't no snippy You asked the assistant, "If you use some thin frayed rope." We see to bind our companion with different straightness. The purpose is, when the older upper party body was bound, Hutchinson said, Hold on a moment, Judge. Guess I'm too heavy to tote into canister. You just let me walk, and then you wash up with cording my legs. When speaking, he was backing himself to the opening, when it was just enough to hold him. He was close fit, and no mistake. And we looked on with fear in our eyes, but eventually did not say anything. No scrolling appeared to complete his task by trying the Americans' feet together, so that it was now absolutely helpless and fixed in a voluntary prison. He seemed to enjoy, really enjoy it, and if his fate smile was habitable, his face blossomed into gratuitousity. As he said, guess this here, Eve has made out the rib of the dwarf. Isn't much room for a full-grown child, citizen in the United States to hustle. We are still make our coffins more roomier in Idaho County Territory. Now, Judge, you best be- begin to take this door open down. Shut slow on, slow to on, onto me. I want to feel the same pleasure the other jays that had uh, the, the, what when spikes began to move towards their eyes. 
Oh, no, no, broke in Amelia hysterically. It's too terrible. I can't bear to see it. I can't, I can't. But the American was obdurate. Say, Colonel, said he, why not take Madame for a little promenade? I couldn't hurt her feeling for the world. But now I'm, uh, as I am here, might uh, 8,000 miles, would it be too hard to give up the whole, the very experience I've been pining and panting for? A man can't get to feel like a can of goods every, every time. Me and a judge have fixed up this thing in no time. As when you come back, we will laugh together. Once more with resolution that is born in Crossley triumphed, and Amelia stayed holding tight to my arm, and shivering whilst custodian began to slacken him slowly, inch by inch the rope which held back the iron door. Harfagus's face was positively radiant. His eyes followed the first movement of spikes. Woo, he said, I guess I have not enjoyed that had not this enjoyment this since I left New York. I have escaped with a French sailor weapon, and I won't much of a either. I had to show for real pleasure this dot rammed the continent, for which is no bars, no no injuries. I worry very no real men gets healed. So down there, Judge, don't you rush this business. I want to show for my money this show for my money this game I do. Custodian must have been in had him in some of the blood, which is a, 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 a ghastly tower. For he worked the engine with a deliberate and excruciating slowness, which was five minutes in which the outer edge of the door not moved as many as many, uh, half as many inches, began to become overcome Amelia. I saw her lips whiten, and I felt her, her hold upon my arm relax. I looked around an instant for a place where I ran to lay her. And I looked at her again, upon her eye had come fixed aside of the virgin. Followed in direction, I saw the black cat crouching out of sight. Her green eyes shone like danger lamps in the gloom of the place, and then her colour was heightened by the blood, and still smeared her coat, her red in her mouth. I cried out. <coughs> the cat looked out, uh, look out for the cat, for even then she sprang out before the engine. At this moment she looked like a triumphant demon. Her eyes blazed with ferocity. Her hair bristled out till she seemed twice her normal size. Her tail lashed about as it does a tiger's when the quarry is above. Before, alias Hilda B. Hutchinson, when he saw her, was amused. His eyes possibly sparkled with fun. As he said, Darn if that squall hadn't been on the way or got on all I was. Just give her a shove off. And comes any of her tricks on me. I fix everlasting by, by the boss, and down my skin I'll keep my eyes up from her, if he wants them. Easy there, judge, don't you slack that on the rope, or I'm inured. At this point, Amelia completed her fate. I had a clutch hold of her, round the waist, or she would fall into the floor. While I was attending to her, I saw the black cat crouching for a spring, and jumped to turn the creature out. I jumped up to turn the creature out, but at that instant, with a sort of Irish scream, she held herself not as we expected her to have and straight the face of concerning. Her claws seemed to tearing wildly at one, as one sees the tiny drawing of the dragon rampant. As I looked, I saw one of them light on the man's poor, poor man's eye, and actually tear for it, and then 
and down his cheek, leaving a white band of red where the blood seemed to spurt from a very, very every vein. With a yell of sheer terror, which came quicker than a sense of pain, a man leaped back, jumping as he did the rope that held back the iron door. I jumped for it, but it was too late. The cord rang like lightning through the pulley back, and the heavy mass fell forward from its own weight. As the door closed, I caught a glimpse of a poor companion's face. He seemed frozen with terror. His eyes stared with a horrible anguish as he dazed. A lot sound came, no, but no sound came from his lips. When the spikes did work, then the spikes did work. Did their work? Happily, the ending was quick. For when I wrenched open the door, they pierced so deep they locked in the bones of the skull through which they crushed. Eventually, tore him. He was out of his iron prison work bound. Till bound as he was, he fell full length with stickly thud upon the floor, a face turning to wall upward as he fell. I rushed to my wife, lifted her and carried her out, for I feared for a very reason she would wake from her faint to such a scene. I laid on her bench her on the bench outside and ran back, leaning against the wooden column was a consoling moaning in pain was held his red handkerchief with his eyes, and sitting on the head of the poor American was the cat, purring loudly as he licked the blood which trickled through the ghast socket of his eyes. I think no one will call me cruel before, because I seized one of the old excuses saws, and saw the cat in two as she sat.